You are freer than you think. It's like the ultimate form of freedom. You expound upon that freedom to develop on this planet. True freedom comes from within. It's the ability. Thinking to myself, I can help you or I can destroy you. Man is a two-time felon. I work really hard and I've been, a, I've been a life learner. When things are feeling tough, let yourself be surprised. The world favors risk-taking. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Freedom Pact. What up, what up, Freedom Pack family? I am Joseph Newton. I am your host for today. Welcome back to the show. So good to join you again. <laughs> Welcome back to the show that challenges conventional thinking and brings you actionable steps and practical ideas that will allow you to make your dream a reality. Before we begin, guys, I have some exciting news. We are now uploading all of our videos, all of our podcasts to YouTube. We will now be releasing video interviews of our podcasts. If you want to see us and our guests operating, then please head over to YouTube, including today's episode with Nick, which is now live on our YouTube channel. So please search for Freedom Pack Podcast if you would like to see the videos, the recordings, what goes on behind the scenes. And as always, please like, share and subscribe to help us grow, share and to be able to serve as many people. So as you guys can see, today on the show, we are joined by Nick Santo Nastasso. Nick is a medical miracle. Nick is one of only four people alive with the rare genetic condition, Hanhart Syndrome. When Nick was born, the doctors and nurses at the hospital gave Nick's parents a list of things that Nick wouldn't be able to do. His parents didn't want to put that on him mentally, so they scrumpled the list up and gave it back to them. Today, Nick is an entrepreneur, an inspirational keynote speaker who has opened shows at Tony Robbins events. He has more than seven figure followings on social media. He is an author of the hit book, Victim to Victor, is an internationally known bodybuilder and fitness model. He's released his own song. And remember, Nick has done all of this before the age of 25 despite the fact that he's missing both of his legs and what, and he's only got one arm since birth. Nick is truly one of, perhaps, if not the most inspirational person that I've ever spoken to. And the fact that this guy was even a varsity junior wrestler and he finished higher in bodybuilding shows than other able body competitors is just a testament to the champion mindset that Nick has, which is something which we discussed today. Nick is such an inspiration that when Nick met Dwayne The Rock Johnson, The Rock asked Nick <laughs> for a picture, which The Rock then uploaded to Instagram. So this was such a pleasure speaking to Nick, and I hope you enjoy this amazing conversation with the legendary 
Nick Santo Nastasso. Nick, man, it's awesome to connect, bro. I've been yeah. watching your Instagram content for a long time. I've listened to all your videos, and now you're sitting opposite me, well, through a screen. <laughs> bro, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you, brother. I'm excited to be here. Let's uh, let's change some lives here, change some per- some perspectives. Awesome. So there's one topic in particular I'd love to start with, which, just on a selfish note, is particularly prevalent to me at the moment. So... Bro, in the field of bodybuilding, you have been over, man, as many gym motivation pages as I can see. You've probably been on everyone in the in the internet. So yesterday, I just signed up for my first ever physique show. It's going down June twenty eighth. Nice. So, man, so let's start there. What did you learn on your journey through bodybuilding? Because I know your friend Cody was heavily involved in this. He helped you with your 12-week prep and whatnot when you moved back to Tampa. So what did you learn about yourself through that? Yeah, the the first was I realized that I am able to do it. And that was like the first thing. You know, I didn't get into any fitness thing related because I wasn't sure if I could lift weights. And so it kind of went, I started lifting weights. And at first, for the first six months, I was only lifting my left. I can't forget it. I can't lift it. Like my arms too short. Um, I won't be able to lift it. And then um, I really fell in love with. I started looking into more bodybuilding, and I and I saw the physiques, and I saw the competing, and I was like, oh, like symmetry is really important. Like you need to have a symmetrical body if you want to do anything in the industry. And I wanted to get into the industry, whether that was competing or just male modeling or whatever it may be. Um, and so we started figuring out ways where we can lift the right side. Um, but the one thing about bodybuilding, how it, because it's so unique, is like it doesn't happen overnight. Like it, it, it's like it's a long haul. It's a, you know a long game, and so it's really hard to stay motivated, especially if you don't do don't know if you're doing it right, and if you don't know if you're working your muscles right. And so I learned I learned just you know another level of adapting and overcoming of just trying to figure out micro movements, you know, isolating my muscles so I can you know really contract the same as my left side. Um, but when I got into prep, like I, when I, when I wanted to do men's physique and I, and I committed to doing a show, um, the, the big thing that I learned is like when your vision of what you want is so clear and so big and so massive and you put it out there into so many people, because I posted online, you know, not only to my family, but online that I was going to do the show and this is when the show was and you guys can follow my prep and then there's no going back from there. And so that really kept me in line, but you know, I never missed a meal, I never missed a cardio session, I never missed my gallon of water or my half a gallon when I needed one because my vision was just so strong of me walking on stage and I knew that my parents were going to be there and everybody was watching online and um, so it was basically just like put myself against the wall and realizing like there's, there's no other way but you know, to do everything you need to do. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to go out through through prep and I didn't want to get to the point where when I stepped out on stage I knew I could give more than what I did that would be like the biggest regret right if you're sitting there and be like dude like you could have worked a little harder so I wanted to lay it all out out on the line so I didn't feel any uneasiness of when I got on stage because I really committed um, and also I, I knew internally that if I would have stepped on the stage at 14 15 percent body fat looking like not so good for a co- competition that people would still clap and you know applaud me because I have no legs and one arm but that's not really my goal. My goal is to win always. And, um, you know, showing people that 
it's like I always say, it's not the mind. I mean, it's not the body that holds us back, but the biggest disability is a bad mindset. And so I came out on stage at like 5% body fat and I took third against full bodied guys. And that was more um, like a, a testament to me that like, I knew men's physique, they don't judge you in legs. And so like now it's, now it's fair play and I'm going to come out to like win some, win some stuff. Man, that's so awesome. And when you talk about the, you know, about not wanting to leave anything behind, you said, I don't, I don't want to come out 14 to 15% body fat. I don't want, you know, the sympathy, sympathy claps. I'm here to win. And when I was really delving deep into your story, one of the things that, you know, and you talk, I've heard you talk about your wrestling journey. And to me, it seems like from a certain point, you really started weaponizing belief. You know, I've heard you say that you would rather be in the trenches than on the sidelines. So where does this belief come from? Um, I think this belief came from my, my parents just like letting me try everything you know um and you know as parents through your actions through your words the way you react to situations you're literally cultivating your kids mindsets because they're around you they spend the most time around you in their most receptive years um and so you know whether you think your kids are listening they're always watching you and they're watching your actions and the way you you react to things but the way that my parents raised me was they didn't coddle me and i think that you know in the day and age we live in there's a lot of coddling going on um, and it's not it's not in bad intent. The parents don't have bad intent, but they don't know that they're limiting or handicapping or disabling their kids by coddling them because they're not helping them fall on their face. Um, you know, if, because if you don't if you don't learn early on that you know you got to fall down to evolve, you have to try something to get better, and things don't happen overnight. Then you're going to go into the real world and you're going to try to get a job and you're going to get denied and think that's the end of the world, or you're going to try to build a business and it's not going to be successful in the first one to two years or three years and you're going to think that's it you know i suck all these things and so the belief needs to be instilled early um it's better to be instilled early and so for me the belief was early on that um you know i'm gonna try like as long as i try and i give it 100 percent, and i fall down and i keep getting up until i get super pissed off or whatever it may be but at least i tried um that and like I evolve, I, I look at different ways to you know adapt to situations. I, I learn something. There's just like there's so much knowledge and growth in just the experience itself, and that's why you know there really is no such thing as like failing, is because um, if you just reword failure as just experience, it's just life experience, like you fell down, like it happens. But if that's not taught early on, then you know there's going to be a certain belief that's going to be raised within that kid, right? And so the belief the beliefs that were raised within me was. Nick, like you can do anything, um, you just have to try it. And if you can't do it a normal way, it might take you a little bit longer. It might take you a little bit, you know, doing it different than the other kids, but you can still do everything. And even if it, dude, even if it wasn't 100% true, my parents told me it and I believed it. And so like anything that I looked at, I was like, I can do it. Like there, there wasn't any, you know, limiting belief per se or negative belief um, in myself that I couldn't do something. And so that really, um, that carried with me through my entire life, even till today, um, is just like figure it out. You know, I I think it's I think it's funny too because the majority of parents, and I'm not saying this at parents, I'm saying with parents, is like you always tell your kid don't point, don't point, or don't stare, or don't ask questions. And what we're doing is we're we're cutting off the curiosity, which is like our biggest gift. 
like the most successful people, the most people, the the people that are learning the most are the ones that are willing to ask questions, even if they look dumb, but just ask questions because they don't know. And so curiosity is one of our one of our greatest superpowers, and you don't want to rob that from your child. And so you know, um, to just give a little context of a situation like me, if your kid, you know, if I'm in the grocery store and your kid's there, like it's it's I would rather you have your kid come up and say, hey man, what's your story? Then you know you tell him not to point or not to stare because he's curious. Because then you you you, repre- you you tell your kid that you know pointing is bad and being curious is bad, and then they don't ask questions anymore throughout their whole entire life. Man, that's awesome. Do you have any stories or are there any examples you can point to where you started out and you were, as you said, but you were just getting, man, your ass kicked. Your, you know, life, you know, there was just, you got there, maybe you wasn't any good, and then you just carried on and carried on and carried on. And you really saw some progression. Do you have any examples you could point to? Yeah. So when I when I graduated high school, I was in this I was in this this choice of I can either go to L.A. and pursue my pranking career. I was I was a prankster, or days, yeah. <laughs> I could go to college. I, you know, I got accepted to my only college that I wanted to go to with my best friend. And so it was like you can go to college, or you can go to L.A. Um, and so I I moved to L.A. And I moved into a, a one-bedroom studio for like sixteen, seventeen hundred bucks a month, right outside of Hollywood. It was like, not, it was like a shack, you know, like in, in the most polite way, but very expensive. And I and I had a roommate that came out there with me. He was going to split rent. And I always tell people in, in life, whether it's your personal life or your business life, we're all going to have a plan. And the majority of the time, the plan is not going to go the way you want it to go. So the the more that you can expect to pivot and adapt, then the more you'll be prepared, right? And so. My roommate never got a job, and he stopped, and he didn't pay rent. And the 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 apartment was in my name. And my dad always instilled in me that credit was important, and rent was important, and you can't miss your bills. And so, um, L.A. I was in I was in a lease for six months. I was spending all my money to pay rent. I wouldn't buy. I barely buy any food. I didn't have a bed. I was sleeping on um, a pile of towels in my laundry, um, and I was eating you know ramen noodles and peanut butter. <laughs> and like you name it like just grinding away because I valued paying my rent on time than you know feeding myself you know as much as I could because I didn't want to mess up my credit it's so funny and um, I, I remember just like for the, for that couple months just sitting there and be like man like I'm a screw up like I'm a screw up like I you know my dad told me this was going to be hard and I, I and he told me that I should have went to college or you know all these different thoughts come into your head and so for me, I was like, man, I, I made the wrong move and I failed. And I remember just like I was listening to like, you know, not that happiest music, you know, like just like kind of like music, like a chip on your shoulder and like I'm a screw up and all this stuff. It's just like crazy how your environment shapes that. Um, and six. So like I thought I, I failed, you know, I'm like, what now? You know, I'm 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 broke and I have no pranking career anymore. And things aren't because I went out there originally to be on. A pranking show. I had the opportunity to be a core cast member of a pranking show. And me, know I'm 18, 19 years old. I knew nothing about business, nothing about pilots, contracts, TVs, anything. And two weeks after I signed my lease, they canceled the show. And so that's why I had no income. And so like life happens, right? But I was like, man, I didn't expect this to happen. I didn't know they can cancel the show, like all these things. And so I moved home. And like in that situation, there's there's a couple in that situation I realized like I got to move on like I got to find something bigger and better and the one thing that I look back on is instead of being you know playing the victim and saying oh why me you know I, I failed in LA I looked at it as one of my greatest gifts because I now 
know and I learned how to live with absolutely nothing and live below my means and not really have anything and, and, and be super tight on budgeting and not spend extra money on stupid stuff. Like I learned so much um, by getting put in such an uncomfortable situation. So it was actually a, a greatest gift because now when I move somewhere else or I'm a little bit more tight on budgeting or I'm a little more tapped into my finances, it was like one of the biggest gifts because I got, I got smacked smacked in my face by reality, you know, and I learned that lesson, right? And so I moved home and so I, I had also had another challenge of you can pity party and you can cry that you failed or you can look at and try to do something bigger and better and so that's when I analyzed the fitness industry and I was like, man, I'm not in shape but there's no guy with no legs and one arm bodybuilding and if I do it successfully, people are going to watch and not only are they going to watch but you can't, you can't buy a fit body. And so if I, if I sign to a supplement company, I could start getting paid to be an athlete and that's more income and that's going to make me more independent. That's the way I viewed it rather than, you know, soaking and silk, uh, you know, silking and sinking in my guilt of failing and, and going broke in LA. But a lot of people, if you don't have the right mindset, if you don't have the right tools, then that would have happened, happened and you would have let that event, you know, sink you rather than keep going. I remember an Instagram post you put up a while ago as well where you said that uh, originally when you started off in the speaking business, people said that you would never make $5,000 for a single event. So it goes to show, man, that, that you really have been, you know, overcoming these difficulties, these these challenges for a while. But one thing I didn't know about you until I really delved deep into the research is that as a teenager you were battling suicidal thoughts you had you didn't tell your parents i heard um but you said that your brother and sister may have known so what was this part of your life like yeah i was i was just like a lost kid just like a lot of the a lot of the kids you know now um it, it's a very a very rough time just for childhood kids going through elementary school middle school and high school i mean you know they were saying that bullying used to be you know, really bad when it was physical, but now it's even worse because it's cyber and they can do it all the time and they do it over their phones and they're always exposed to it. And, but for me, you know, I didn't really get bullied. My whole conflict was like that I hated myself. Um, like I was very confused of why I was born in this body and like, why me? It was the big victim mentality of like, I didn't understand why I'm in a world and everybody is different than what I look like. Every single person is different. And, you know, I was looking, I was like, oh, girls don't like people like me. You know, I'm I'm different and I'll never have a job and I'll never be independent and you know, why me? Why why do I have a wheelchair and why do, why is there someone pushing me and sitting with me in class? Like that just ate me up. And I think it's just um I wasn't mature enough to see the gift that life had given me. I just think I haven't wasn't exposed or didn't really realize or dust dust off that, you know, dusty trophy on the shelf of what my gift is actually is. And it was funny because my my whole life, the one thing that I was pushing away, which was my body, my physical body, I hated it. I was like, girls don't like it. I'll never have a girlfriend. You know, I'll never be in shape. I can't be an athlete. Whatever it may be, um, turned out to be my biggest my biggest superpower was my body. My biggest way to connect with people. My biggest way to motivate, inspire. My biggest way to, you know, make a difference. It's crazy how uh, a lot of the times the one thing that we're just skipping over and missing over, thinking is just another sh shitty attribute of ourselves, is actually one of our greatest gifts. Um, but I don't think I was mature enough to see it. And so, you know, that's why, and it was a good thing, it was a good thing I didn't see it because that pushed me to do wrestling. That pushed me to amputate some of my arm to wrestle and to give a little context to your viewers, 
my right limb was five inches longer than it is now and my bone was going faster than my skin. So it was super sensitive and it was like your finger and the bottom line is if I would have hit my arm hard enough, my bone would have came through my skin. And so I never used to do physical activities with it. I never used to, you know, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hit it. I didn't want to touch it. Um, but me trying to find myself led me to wrestling. So that just in itself, you know, thinking about it now is one of the greatest gifts that I didn't know what my power was because I went searching for it. And so when I went searching for it, I found wrestling. And my whole goal for wrestling was to instill confidence in me. I want to be a cool kid. I want the girls to like me. I want to be labeled as an athlete when everyone told me that I can't be an athlete. I want to do those things. And my older brother was a wrestler, so I always looked up to him. I'm, I, I lived in New Jersey. Wrestling's a massive deal in New Jersey. Um, but the whole thing is I was battling these thoughts because I was uncomfortable in my body. So there was no way out and the only way out was to have these thoughts or to take my life and like I said you know in the pre-talk I said I want to expedite the process or I want to give not only the parents but the kids the tools and strategies so they can not go through the pain the depression the suicide the uncomfortableness I can take that away from them if I give them the right mindset tools if I give them the right mindset tools to use in that situation you know like the next time, you know, someone comes up to your kid and, and says a certain name, you know, if your kid has the right tool to say, well, I'm not even going to fuel this fire. I'm just going to walk away and realize that if someone doesn't like me for who I am, then my, my, my authentic self is filtering out the type of kids that I don't want in my life anyway. But your kid will not react in that situation if he doesn't have the right mindset tool. That'll sink him. That will lose his confidence. That'll lose the way he views himself, whatever it may be. And so that's what I want to do here is – expedite the process does that make sense and expedite the process and give them the exact tools and strategies on how i view life a kid with no legs and one arm who you know built himself from suicide depressed unconfident to this confident global keynote speaker that can present in front of tens and thousands of people like if i can do it i can transfer my operating system into your kids so they can live a more fulfilled childhood and view things as always wins and no losses and all the good stuff that I then implemented into my personal life and my business to create an abundant life for myself. Man, this is such an important topic. I remember when I was in high school and, uh, you know, always before, I remember I was always the skinny guy, right? I was always, um, I was pretty much, uh, well, I'm an ectomorph by genetics. I'm naturally very skinny. My wrists are quite skinny. Um, man, I... And I, yeah, man, I just remember, you know, uh, obviously being around all the, the sports guys, rugby, football, and man, and, you know, it was like, you'd see all these guys with, you know, uh, with bigger muscles than you, and you'd be the weak one in the gym, man, and, you know, and, and you'd grow resentful of yourself, you know. The other day I heard uh, Dr. Will Cole say that you can't heal a body that you hate. And when I think back to the people that, uh, well, anyway, when when in my high school, it was a pretty rough high school. I mean, we had news reporters there sometimes. When I think back to that period, I think that the people that bully and the people that, that really um, pick on other people, when I think back, I think, man, they, they are some of the most insecure, the most scared people that, <laughs> that, that I've ever encountered, you know. So this is what, man, I commend you. You're doing such great work in this field. So let's talk about this. What is this project in which you're, you're undergoing in school and what, what's the change in which you hope to make and how do you hope to do it? Yeah, so basically, you know, my goal is 
to basically dive deeper on all the topics that I think about first. So for the parents and entrepreneurs is to basically, you know, dive deep, whether that's with our group coaching or our programs that we have um, for entrepreneurs and business, because, you know, the, the mindset, a lot of people don't have, like they think they have this perfect mindset, but they really don't. And so you need to get your mindset really dialed in because all the time that, you're thinking about negative things all the time that you you don't have confidence in yourself and you're you know you're downward spiraling throughout your day all that time invested to all the negative thoughts of your mind can be you know then invested into your business of making more profit to making more you know financial gains in your personal life or in your business life if you already have your mindset you know dialed in but a lot of the times people are just getting downward spiraled they they have these mindset problems or they're going down a, a dark hole but if like you have the right frame if you have the right mindset and right tools and and strategies then that stuff doesn't veer you away from building your business or building your goals. So for the entrepreneur side, is basically showing them that if you get your mindset dialed in and all these tips and tricks and these strategies on how to view life, then you won't be spending hours focusing on all the things that you don't have. Then you won't spend hours, you know, not confident on those sales calls or whatever it may be because you know the strategies to keep moving forward despite what happens to you. So basically, all that time that you're spending in this negative place is money that your that your your business is losing or that you're losing, right? And then for the kids, like I said, is diving deeper on my experiences in middle school, high school, and how I overcame them, and then the, my mindset now to basically give them the, the tricks and the tips and the strategies that took me 23 years to learn to give it to them when they're 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, so they have it way before I did, so then they're, they're, you know, they're already ahead. And because I know what it felt like to be suicidal, depressed, unconfident in my skin, unconfident in my body. And like I said, I want to save them that pain. I want to save them that process. I want to save them that. And so through that, um, creating a, a community of parents and kids. And, you know, for the kids is, you know, being able to send weekly videos to the kids on a lesson, getting them ready for the week, you know, getting ready for their, their school week. And it could be, you know, a video that gets sent to the parents. It could be a video that gets sent to the kids. Or it could be a video that the parents sit with the kids and watch together. And I'm going to put them through certain, you know, certain um, sessions of training and with questions and have them work on themselves. But get them set up for each and every week. And so basically that they have Nick in their pocket every Sunday, you know, when they, when they pick it up and they have a lesson. You know, Coach Nick is going to bring us into something and get our mindsets ready for the week. Um, with, with that being said, from that program, it'll go up into – um, you know, group coaching. I'm going to be doing group coaching with a bunch of kids, you know, on Zooms, you know, so it's not just one kid, but it's a bunch of kids. And, and that also creates a network of like-minded kids that they can then, you know, riff off of and, and build relationships with and, you know, have kids that are operating on their same frequency that are in personal development, you know, creating a community of some dope, you know, just kids that want to grow and learn their mindset way early on. Um, and so that's that's how we're going to do it as well is just through not only me teaching in these trainings, but then diving a little bit deeper, um, whether that's one on one or in these group coaching sessions. And then even to take it a little bit higher is eventually do retreats, you know, retreats where the parent and the kid comes out together and I put them we facilitate a two, three day process um, of masterminding goals, core values, visions for the company, visions for the family, whatever it may be. But may, maybe it's even a retreat to to make the bond stronger between the parents and the kids as well because right now with, with phones and computers and all these screens, human connection is literally being lost and parents aren't present with their kids and their kids aren't present with their parents and there's no human connection. And so really just diving deep on this hole of everybody is struggling with confidence 
and everything stems down to confidence. You know, you want to make if if you're not making a certain amount of sales calls, you're probably unconfident in your ability to sell or close. You know, if if you're not taking the leap and building a business, it's probably because you're not confident in your ability to build a business. And so everything really stems down to the relationship you have within yourself. And so diving deeper on those concepts and strategies and those systems on literally how to build yourself into this character that just like leads and crushes things and doesn't really let the mind get in the way and just you know just wrecking everything in front of you um because i've I've been grateful enough to work with the top businesses and the top athletes in the world and realizing that everything stems down to how you view yourself you know how, how you really view yourself and i love that quote you said you you can't heal a body that you hate and and it's the same thing with love. Like you can't receive the love you want if you genuinely don't love yourself. And so everything really stems down to the relationship you have within yourself. So diving deeper on those strategies. Oh man. Wow. Oh, man, I love this. I love this so much. We've spoken on this show so many times. We think that there are so many fundamental problems with the education system. But none more so than the fact that how many people go there and, and, and are depressed, you know? I mean, I think I read a statistic the other day that it was like two-thirds of high school kids will go there and at some point feel depressed. Like, why isn't this a problem in which people are talking about? But let's stay on this topic because I feel as if this could be applicable to high school kids. And I also feel as if, if it could just be applicable to the general audience. So let's, let's just look at that, for example, and let's see if you could set one actionable step for us and for our audience if the person there is struggling with their self-image if they have doubts about themselves maybe maybe they even hate maybe to the extent in which they hate themselves you know man i mean i i'm sure i've been there at some point in my life i'm almost certain of it you know so if you could do issue one thing to us and to our audience, to that person out there that should watch in this right now, and man, they're suffering with those negative beliefs, that negative self-image, and something they could do today, what would the challenge be? Yeah, so the first place I would start is progress. And what I mean by progress is I've realized that my lowest and darkest days come from the days where I'm not moving the needle forward in any area of my life. And as humans, we love the feeling of progress. We love the feeling of moving forward. And so I would say commit to something in your life today. Everyone listening to this, commit to one thing today that you know every day is it's going to evolve you into a human being. So that means like I'm going to read 20 pages of a book every day or I'm going to go for a walk every day or when I wake up, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes before I check my phone and get triggered about my emails and texts. Like, do, but commit to something that you're going to do each and every day, and then a week's going to go by and you committed to it. You not only physically applaud yourself, but you mentally applaud yourself. You're like, I did it. Praise. The the one thing that we're lacking, all of us, my, I myself included, is self praise. We're we're always nitpicking ourselves. Your internal dialogue is always so negative. Why? And so, like, when's the last time that you woke up and you looked in the mirror and said, like, dude, you rock. Like you're amazing. Like I love you. Like when's the last time you any of the, any of us done that? We don't do that. We're always just focused on the negative, and and that's your brain. It's trained to be negative. It's trained to keep you alive. And so, whether that's you know committing to reading a book or listening to a podcast a day, or you know doing extra soccer drills, or you know getting your homework done before 5 p.m. every day, like commit to something and follow through, and I promise you'll start feeling better. And then you'll want to commit to more. You want to commit to greater goals. You want to commit to bigger goals. And you're going to literally build confidence in yourself because you know that when you say something's going to get done, there's no there's no negotiation within your head. It gets done. 
And that's what we need to build is basically not negotiating with ourselves and just committing this, committing to things and following through. But you got to start small if you haven't did it. And I'll also give you another thing that you can do, additional thing you could do is you can start with, you know, affirmations. You can start creating affirmations. And this is way much more than mindset, mumbo jumbo, unicorns and fairy dust. But like affirmations literally changes your DNA. It sculpts your DNA when you use it with a physiology, when you when you use it with language and your physiology and you're moving your body. And so what I mean by that is there's a big difference from saying, you know, I am a force for good. Like that's not that's not very convincing, right? But if you're like, I'm a force for good, I'm a student of the game, I'm kind, abundance flows through me, I'm decisive, I'm evolving as a leader, I'm becoming the man I'm meant to be. If you say it with conviction and you say it over and over again in repetition, that you're going to become that person. But at first it's going to sound cheesy and at first it's not going to sound like you because it's not you. You're evolving. But you need to say it with physiology. You need to say it with emotion. And you can literally change your DNA by using affirmations. And what affirmations are is just adding I am before that thing. So for me, it's like one of my new affirmations is I am a tactical speaker. You know, I am a force for good. I am a student of the game. I am kind. I am. Abundance flows through me. Like all these things, you know. And so that's two things that we can literally start. But ask yourself this. Do you spend the majority of your day destroying yourself in your inner dialogue? Or do you spend majority of your day self-praising yourself? And I bet you the majority of your viewers, us included, we probably spend more of our day digging ourselves into a hole or saying negative things about ourselves. That's two things that you can immediately implement into your life that is going to build the relationship you have within yourself, a.k.a. confidence, which everyone needs. Wow. <laughs> wow. Man, when you're doing that, I literally thought you were going to jump through my computer. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> Man, that's so awesome. And this is such such an important topic. I, I don't think I've ever met anyone and... I don't think that anyone will ever completely get rid of negative thoughts. You know, the 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 people which I see are the happiest are the ones which are the ones which don't try to to, to kid themselves. When when I think about the happiest people, they are the ones which I've noticed, as you said with the progress. They are doing hard things. I don't think it's possible for us to think our way into loving ourselves I, I really think that it is done through doing hard things and let's link in this back to bodybuilding man because you know i mean as you know man it's like bodybuilding you push yourself you you earn your own respect you and, and it's applicable to so many areas you know it's one more rep one more set one more this one more that and and that carries over into business it carries off into relationships into sales make one more call so you know, man, I, I, I applaud you. I, I completely agree with what you're saying about the self-love. Um, but there's, you know, a, a place where I'd love to take this conversation now. And, and since we're on the topic of mindset is you are obviously an author yourself. The book Victim to Victor, man, is, you know, the, the an amazing competition, an amazing, you know, uh, tagline. And one of the things which I know you've said is the only disability in life is a bad attitude, you know. So let me ask you, how many people do you think right now are, are just walking down the street and, and you know, you could say a, a disabled, able-bodied people, but they're disabled, if that makes sense? The majority, man. It's the majority because people don't realize that they're in control of the game. You're in control of the game. 
and how you how you control the game and how you control the way you feel is your thoughts, your language, your physiology, the way that you care, carry yourself. Like we are in control, and so many are you know going through the motions of life and they're just wandering and they don't know why. I mean, the majority of not only entrepreneurs but human beings have no idea why they go to work every day. They just know they ha- they think they have to, or they know they have to. But that's where like just a simple trick of like creating a compelling future, creating a com- compelling why. Like, why do you do what you do? Um, but but it it goes back to programming. Like our whole lives, we sit in school and we we sit there and we're told that we can't talk unless we get called on. And when the bell rings, you go to your next station. They're literally programming you to be be a line worker, or they're or they're programming you to tell you that you need to go to high school and then you need to graduate and then you need to go to college. And then you need to take out a bunch of loans to pay for that college. And then hopefully you get a job that pays like 40 to 60 grand to pay off those loans. Hopefully. It's not, it's not, it's not definite, but hopefully. And then people get tricked into thinking that's the only way. That's the only way. That's what they think, that there's only one way. There's only one way to be successful. And I think that is because of programming. And to get out of that is they need to be exposed into a different, different view of thinking, a different environment, a different, different peer group or whatever it may be. Um, because it's funny too, in school systems, we're taught to, you know, focus on our weaknesses and improve them. But in entrepreneurship and building businesses is double down on your strengths and outsource your weaknesses, right? Like that's what we should be doing is focusing on what, like kids out there, adults, all of you, like if you focus on your strengths and your passion and you combine those, you can make a living. You can make a very fulfilled living too. You can have a, a very fulfilled life. And that's also thing is, the thing that is destroying kids is this comparison epidemic through Instagram and through social media. So they, you know, they see other 17, 18 year olds that are like famous or something that are driving these cars or in these houses, or they see the people that they follow with this amazing life, and they think that that's what success is, or that's their definition of success. And my advice would be to create your own definition of success. Like, what do you think success is to you? What's important to you? And you know, these kids are brainwashed that it's when I get the houses, I'll feel, you know, I'll feel successful. Or when I get the car, I'll feel successful. Or when I get the girl, I'll feel successful. But it's actually, we're chasing an emotion. We're just chasing an emotion of happiness. or We're just chasing a moment of being fulfilled. And so what if you could create a way where you can fee, be, feel fulfilled all the time? What if you created a desi- or designed your life where you can feel happy all the time? And that goes by, like, what is your definition of success? Like, what do you need to do? What do you need to accomplish day to day to feel successful or to feel like you progressed? And so really it's, like, dialing in what your definition of success is. But really, like, at the end of the day, what fulfills you? You know, because you said the trenches thing. You know, you heard me say the trenches thing. But I would rather live a life, you know, doing something that fulfills me. And you know, chasing something and falling down and falling and learning and, and experiencing something that fulfills me and makes me feel alive than working 40 years at one job that you hate and you just think you're stuck and you think it's the only way. That's the thing. People think there's only one way. But there's a bunch of ways. There's a bunch of ways when you get clear on what you want to do, what you want to be involved in. How can you use your strengths to your best of your ability? Like There's so many ways. Um, I just think that we need to tap into being resourceful. I think you know it's it's one of the biggest skills in life, not only entrepreneurship, but just in life of being resourceful and working with what you got. Um, but sometimes it takes you know getting put on your butt for you to really tap into your resourcefulness, or you getting pushed up against the back of the wall, or in a really uncomfortable situation to really unlock that gift. Um, but yeah, I just said I just said a lot, but there's so many things that that are going on. Um, but I think you know people really need to get clear and concise on why they're doing what they're doing, like why. 
because if you have a big enough why, like the how is very important, but the why is the most important thing because it's going to pull you out of days where you don't want to get out of bed. It's going to make you do the tedious things in your day-to-day, answer calls, knock doors, build the business, whatever it may be, because there's a greater purpose. You just got to find your greater purpose, and, and it's, it's fine if you don't know it, but you just go throughout life, and you find what fulfills you, what excites you, what makes you feel like a kid, what makes you fired up. Like, just create that compelling future for yourself. I violently agree. And and a, a quote which I heard you said, man, and it was, uh, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. That's from the big man. That's oh, Tony, 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 Tony. Yeah. Um, I, I must have heard you paraphrasing, but man, that is, that is so, so true. Because so that's the thing to touch on the touch on you know for the adults and the kids but like i know billionaires i know millionaires i know people that have all the houses cars girls watches whatever it may be and they're still fulfilled i mean they're not fulfilled like why is that it's because they're not doing something that fulfills them and and they're not doing something that makes them feel good inside and there's two things that we need to do in order to live a fulfilled life the one is contribution contribution it doesn't need to be financially it could be a hug it could be a compliment it could be you know charity work whatever it may be but we always need to be contributing we always need to be giving in some way that's going to help your fulfillment and then the second thing you need to be doing is growing because the universal law of the universe is if you're growing or you're dying there's no in between there's no staying stagnant you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards and so if you know deep down in yourself like yo i, I evolved today you like you know those days where at the end of the day you're like dude i crushed I crushed today. Like I evolved. Like I, I knocked that podcast out. I got that task list done or whatever it may be. You sleep better at night and you feel better about yourself. But you're not going to feel better about yourself in the days where you're like, oh, I didn't do, I didn't do anything. But don't get me wrong. There are, there are times and places where you need to recharge and you need to not do anything. I have those days. Trust me. But the majority of your days, you need to be moving forward and progressing because that's going to make you feel better and that's going to make you feel fulfilled. Because like there really is no – there's no, there's no aha moment of like, oh man, you know, I got a million in my bank account. I'm done. I'm good. Like I promise you, there's, you get to a point and you're like, this is it. Like this is all I feel. And that's because it's not really the, des- the destination that fires you up. It's the journey. It's the journey. It's, the, it's, it's you always evolving. It's you falling down. It's, it's the zest of life. It's the problems in life that really are the juice, the life of, of, what, of what we're experiencing. Because if we were always winning and we were always making money, like life would be pretty boring. There'd be like no hiccups or no, you know, challenges. It'd be really boring. And so problems are really like the juice of life. Man, I couldn't agree anymore. There's there's a great quote I love from the Dalai Lama. And uh, he said, if you want to be happy, make other people happy. And when I think back to this podcast, I mean, when we first started it, we started this podcast with zero listeners. We had, we had zero listeners. I remember, man, we when we reached like a hundred downloads on an episode we were like basically it was like party time for us and when you were talking earlier and you know you were talking about like being suicidal and things man i was getting emotional because i know the impact that this is gonna have you know and it's and it's giving back and and that that, man i've never felt fulfillment like doing a podcast knowing the impact that it can have and and once you have that feeling you know I, I just don't think you can go back to 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 a desk job you know i just i just don't and uh let me, let me ask you nick what is the greatest doubt which you may have had about yourself which you've overcome in your life you 
for the majority of my life, I didn't think I would be like, you know, independent financially. You know, I think I didn't think I'd be able to work. You know, I was like, I can't work a normal job. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to provide for myself? And so that was the biggest doubt that I overcame was, you know, becoming something for myself. I always just thought like I always just felt like, oh, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I can make it. Like, what is make it? I don't know if I can provide for myself or live on my own, you know, and, and that was the biggest doubt um, for me that I was able to accomplish. Um, and how I did that, like I said, was, you know, finding more ways to provide value or finding more ways to contribute and serve. And how I did that was, you know, through speaking, through bodybuilding, through pranking, and it ended up, you know, taking me into my career. Um, but it, it's not like I came out of the womb or I was in high school and I was like, I'm going to become, have this master plan. I'm going to become a speaker and do all these amazing things. But it was me seeking um, more ways to contribute, more ways to serve, more ways to provide value to people. Um, and, and, and that's how I, I overcame that doubt. It, it wasn't even really focused on it. It kind of just was like, wow, I, I created something for myself. Um, and so, yeah, I think that for me, my biggest doubt was like, man, I don't know if I could be independent and, and you know, work a regular job and, and look how it planned out. I didn't have to work a regular job. I get to do something a little bit different. You know, you just, it's, it's funny how things, things plan out or, or pan out. Man, I, I love that. I want to say something to you as well. I just want to touch on what you just said, but they, right. Is that, you know, you said that you didn't think, uh, you know, these things in high school, what you'd be doing now. I mean, you know, you're the OG at the Tony Robbins conference and whatnot. <laughs> and, and man, and, and the thing in which you did, you, you try you tried things, man, you know. And answers are a reward for doing shit, right? You don't get answers by thinking about things. You get answers by doing things. So my my th- this this brings me on to my next question now, which would be, man, if you could go back and speak to Nick in high school, pre-wrestling, what would you say to him? Um, you're enough you're you're enough like you you may not think it in this moment but you have everything inside of you to do all the things that you want to accomplish um and that this this thing man that that the world has given you this body that you you have hate towards is going to turn out to be your biggest you know nuclear bomb like your biggest superpower the thing you just drop on people and really get them to think about life in a different way more than a, a normal person would be able to do it <laughs> the one Oh, please. You know, it was the one. It was yeah. It was the one. It was the one thing that I pushed away and I hated, and you know, didn't want to live in anymore. And I, like I said, I was just too blind to see or not mature enough to see that it was the greatest gift that I've been blessed with. Wow, wow, man! I get <laughs> when you talk about that, it gets me emotional, bro. <laughs> bro, that's that's amazing. How how long did it take you to to change your mindset on that? Like, what was the journey like for you? On the body thing? Yeah, on on changing, you know, how you saw yourself. I dude, I only I think it only happened, you know, two three years ago for the body fully, you know, for me to fully be comfortable with with everything, um, and and that's because you know I started doing more work, more personal development work, more learning about more mindset tools and strategies and the way to view life and. You know, I, I have this invaluable perspective because of what I've been through, but I'm also a student of the game and, you know, I, I realize that I only know what I know and I always go into, you know, you know, events and personal development seminars with an open mind and if something I like, you know, sticks, then I add it to my arsenal. But it was basically, you know, the power of reframing um, changed my life with the with the body image of realizing, you know, if a, if a girl doesn't want to love on me. Or if a human being like doesn't want to love on me or you know have a friendship with me because of my physical body, 
well then this physical body is working for me and it's just like filtering out the type of people that I don't want to even hang out anyway. It's actually my greatest gift. It's like filtering out filtering out people without them even getting close to me, you know? So it's like another biggest superpower. And but like if I had a negative mindset or if I had a different mindset, I wouldn't view my body like that. I would view it as the shittiest thing, the most negative thing, how I did the majority of my life. But it's because I was able to adopt a different way of thinking, adopt a different way of perceiving the world, a different perspective about what I have or what I've been going through. And that's why, you know, you, it, was, it was funny because you asked you like, how many normal bodied people do you think are disabled mentally, you know, in the way of them limiting themselves? And, you know, I have this song um, and, I, and I wrote the lyrics and it was like, you see me on the street, you say, oh, he's disabled. But when we compare mindsets, now I'm the one who's able. And so it's all about programming, about the way that you view the world, the way that you view the world. And if you're getting triggered, if you're upset at things, it's because the world is different than what you think it should be. And then you just have to change your story around it. Change, change, change the way that you view things, man. You know, Tony has a quote, change your story, change your life. Like when you change the script, when you flip the script and you make it into an empowering story, nothing's ever a loss. Or a, cha- or, a, or a negative problem. It's only something that you've experienced, you have to go through, and then you learn from. But like I said, you, there could be a person that doesn't have the right mindset tools and the right strategies to view life, and a problem can happen, and they can let it sink them. And the other person, on the other hand, who knows how to you know act to it, is grateful for that problem and embraces that problem and learns from it and pivots from it and you know propels from it, right? But it's all about how your programming is and what your tips and strategies are when when life kind of shits on you <laughs> yeah man you know it's, it's funny because before this this uh podcast we were prepping it's, it's funny you mentioned women but they you know my my co-host and me we were we were talking about you man and obviously you know we both followed you for a while um the thing in which we're both gonna speculate on we have we have no idea you know you don't you don't have to comment on this but we think that you've been very successful with women, <laughs> especially seeing your, your your the current girlfriend cam. So uh, that's just a, a thing, and we think it's the confidence. That's that's what we think. Let me drop some fire. I mean, I've been dropping fire this whole time. Let me let me drop a bomb here. Another massive breakthrough for me, for the girls and the guys out here. I promise you that looks are additional, but what really is the massive game is your presence. It's presence, it's energy, it's the way you carry yourself. There have been so many females and there have been so many males that say when I talk to you, I totally forget that you have no legs and one arm. That's because the presence is so big, the eye contact is so big, the energy I send with my eyes is so big that everything else blurs away. And so that was the biggest breakthrough for me, realizing, like, dude, it ain't the no legs and one arm. It's your confidence. It's the way you come off. It's like I wasn't always – like I didn't always have successful girls. Like let's just put that out there. I didn't always have successful girls. And then I fell in love with myself. And then I loved my body. And then I started, Nick, you're the shit. Like badass, bro. Like that self-raise, you are badass. And if a girl doesn't see your badassness, then there's a door. Because I already know I'm badass, right? That's how you need to come off. And not in a cocky way, it's a confident way. It's a confident way of realizing my life is already amazing and you're additional if you're in or not. 
well, you know, it's it's your it's my world, and and you were welcome to visit, but I'm not going to go into your world type thing. Yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah, and that's attractive to a girl. For the guys out there, that's attractive to a girl is them just knowing that their dude's confident. Their dude knows where he wants to go. Their dude has goals, ambitions, grinds like crazy. Is financially, you know, trying to. If you're not, if you're not financially independent, you're striving for it. Like you're doing stuff for your life. And girls, you want to know how to attract a stud guy? You don't go to the clubs and find stud guys. I'm sorry, you don't. You don't go there. You find them in places where they're working on themselves, their personal development, their their entrepreneurs, real estate events. You know, gym, but conferences. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Where they're bettering themselves. But if a girl, for the girls out there, if a girl for me is, uh, you know, amazing energy, like um, has confidence in herself, or they're working on it, but has confidence in herself, it's not negative, it's not, you know, needy and always needs your attention because they know that they're the shit as well. Like, it needs to compliment itself. Like, that's the thing. Me and Cam, our dynamic is, is super rare because. We're two very independent people. We're two very independent people. Cam doesn't need to text me all day for me to know that she's there. And I don't need to text Cam all day for her to know that I'm there. I could send her a video. I could send her a voice message. Um, but I know that she's always you know, grinding for her goals and, and she has a, a clear vision of where she wants to go and she's you know, driven. That's hot. Like, although her looks are, she's, she's a gorgeous girl, but like if she didn't have the personality, if she didn't have the positive energy, if she didn't have, if she had a shitty mindset, I'd be out. I try to change it first. I try to like, not, <laughs> I try to change it for the better, like instill some of my mindset stuff. But if she didn't take it, I would leave or I wouldn't be there because it doesn't serve me and she's not willing to grow. And it's the same thing for the dude. You need to be able to, you need to be able to like always be good energy, you know, not needy, um, just like or at least work on negative um but just yeah like that's the thing it's it's all about presence and so to answer your question yes like i have switched it around i have been very successful with with women in the sense of building relationships or whatever it may be because i finally fell in love with myself and i know that i i'm the shit in the most humble way <laughs> wow Man, man, this is this is one of my favorite podcasts to date, man. This is this has been absolutely incredible. Uh, I know we're running out of time, so I just got just a few quick fire questions. So, and then we'll just wrap up and just talk about the audio book at the end. Uh, what what are some of the or what what's some of the lessons? I know you spent a lot of time around Tony Robbins. Are there any um, you know what what what's some of the biggest impacts Tony's had on you? Compassion. It's everything. Compassion is absolutely everything. Um, there's so many dynamics that I could split this into. So the first one being speaking. For me, compassion is it. The reason why Tony is Tony is because he has the ability to talk in an aggressive way, and he has the ability to talk in a compassionate way as well. Um, and that means that he <clears throat> connects with every every audience's flavor of being communicated with, because everybody needs to be communicated differently. And this doesn't. You don't have to be a speaker to benefit from this. But your coworkers, your family, your friends, some people, you know, resonate with a message when it's aggressive and it's straightforward and others, you know, resonate with a message when it's compassionate and it's more loving and it's more heartwarming and whatever it may be. Um, but compassion in itself for coaching, for, you know, making, building, building transformations in people, you need to be able to understand their world and where they're coming from. And the second that you're coaching someone and the second that they feel that you're judging them, you immediately close the door for the transformation and you immediately block any channeling of energy for you to be able to influence them in a positive way because they felt judging. And so everything needs to be coming from compassion. 
And also, you know, a lot of us achievers, a lot of us go-getters, you know, we're, we're drive, 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 you know, we want to build businesses or we want to succeed, succeed, succeed. When things don't go our way, the majority of us tend to go in a red area, which is like just very aggressive, like, you know, my way or the highway, like you operate from a, a place of anger. <clears throat> that was me. Um, and so a breakthrough for me is instead of getting, you know, operating from a triggered standpoint or operating from a pissed off, you know, way of thinking, I come from a place of compassion. You know, I think through my actions, I think through my words, I come from a caring, loving way, trying to understand why that person said that or why they acted or why they didn't do the things they said they were going to do. But you got to come from compassion um, because there are not a lot of authentic, genuine, caring people in the world. And so in your personal life and in your business, when you truly care, when you're truly present with your clients and your customers and your family and they know you care, that's when you have more abundance in your life because people know when you're bullshitting and people know when you're trying to get a dollar from them. And and they're not going to buy from you. They're not going to learn from you. They're not going to want to you know hang around with you. But the person that comes from compassion and they can truly feel that you generally want the best for them, that's when things will go your way. That's awesome. A question which we all always ask is a non-specific one is imagine a scenario in which every person is hypothetically tuned into the same frequency and you could give a short but impactful message to every person listening based on everything in which you know you've learned now what would next message be the the universe has been around for over eight billion years our average lifespan what is like 70 80 years old and in Eight billion years compared to our lifetime, the time that we're going to be alive is a blip. It's a little dot. It's, it's a little speck, right? And so the fact that we're all on this rock floating around in the middle of nothing together at the same time, we should appreciate that more. And we should find more ways to just make sure everybody wins because if we focus more on trying to provide win-wins for every person around us, our brothers and sisters of the human race – Rather than trying to get over on people, the world would not only be a better place, but we would all be winning. Man, Nick, this has been an absolute pleasure. And, you know, from myself and the entire team here and from our listeners, man, we pay our gratitude to the great work in which you were doing your inspiration to us all. And I feel so great that I can say this to you, man. You know, um, do you have any asks of our listeners or anything, any messages to part? Yeah, I mean... If you enjoyed what I said, um, if you enjoyed the message, if, and, and not even myself, just you know me as the the messenger, right? If you enjoyed the message that I've shared, um, you know I'm always trying to inspire more perspectives or kids. So if you know any stages that you think the message would fit on, um, reach out to me, reach out to my team because we're always trying to provide a bigger impact. And then second, um, if you want to dive a little bit deeper on my life story and my tools and strategies, um, just kind of you know. The next step in or a little bit deeper with me, we'll give out um, the free audiobook. And what we'll do is we'll just have you email the link with the podcast when you send it out. And this way, you guys can have my free audiobook. And if you enjoyed my voice, you can listen to it a little bit more on the audiobook. Um, but like I said, you know, one of my main goals is to expedite the process or to give the kids the tools, the strategies, and the mindset so I can take away the pain that they are going to go through, their suffering that they're going to go through, they're uncomfortable in their body, they're, they're, they're unconfident. I want to be able to give them the tools so they don't have to go through what I did. Man, that's amazing. And do you have any social media handles for the people listening now where they can reach out to you? Everything will be linked below anyway. 
you guys can find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, all at uh, Nick Santanastasso. And if the last name is too long, if you type in Nick Santo, I'm the guy with no legs and one arm. There's not many of them. <laughs> Man, this has been such a pleasure, Nick. You know you are you are you are incredible, man, and uh, man, I can't wait to release this episode. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thanks for having me, man. It was a true pleasure, Nick. Thank you so much.